recording. Quality. Well, it's good so far. <laughs> I was, wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Are you waiting for me? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Long Snapper Podcast and oh my gosh, doesn't it just feel like football season. Uh, I'm pleased to be back and I'm joined by Doug and Mark. Evening boys. Hello. Evening. How you feeling? It's good. It feels like it's been about a month since I've done one of these, so I'm excited to be back. That's because it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got Mandem flu. Oh, oh bless you. Uh, How many that, times that, that, has Dougie had man flu? He's had it at least four times. <laughs> that's wrong with your immune system, mate. You're not getting enough greens, mate. But that You're is a serious right, condition. Yeah. And I hope your missus is looking after you properly. She's fucked off out for the night. That's not. <laughs> this, this is uh, travelling up and down the country with cameras uh, feasting on Burger Kings. Basically. Uh, <laughs> 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 we'll do you no favours. Listen, who is feeling like it is football is upon us? Yeah, I feel man. like I, like like uh, like I've just had a glass of water, having not had one for months. Do you know what I mean? It's wetting the appetite. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I was all good. I was excited for it, and then Friday happened, and it all went to shit already. So, uh, yeah, football, brilliant. <laughs> I wouldn't be too down on it. Yeah, you, you support a half decent side, Doug. Uh, the problem with half decent is it's not good enough. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah. It's like supporting West Brom. Well, it's better than that. It's like supporting Spurs, basically. Yeah. See, I have a problem with that. And I I think I think Spurs are rubbish for never doing well. Like, I, I, I really don't. Anyway, that's probably yeah, in, which, in, which, in which case, that transfers directly to the Chiefs because they're, they're comparable, aren't they? They're brilliant until it really matters. Yeah. But have the Chiefs ever really been... They're statistically the best team in the Safe. NFL over the last three years. Because the year, regular season record would suggest exactly. that they are good enough to win the win it win it all. The Chiefs ever Spurs should have won it. No, Spurs but that's, should have won it. But that's the point, Less, isn't it? The that's, that's the point. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> enough enough uh, of the Premier League analogies. <laughs> Let's move listen, on. Uh, you know how we kick this off, uh, and Mark, you got some sort of quiz for us. Yeah, now it's it's obviously going to be difficult, boys, to step into the uh, the shoes of our main able quizmaster Adam, who's off on some kind of international man of mystery thing tour. I understand. Yeah, what is he doing? Is he? I didn't know that. Uh, he's just travelling the world. I think. Let me, Basically, let me, yeah. Let me, let me tell you, Adam's not a spy. <laughs> 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 so basically anyway so I, I was I was thinking about this and something came up on some NFL social media feed or other the other day celebrating um or, or wishing one of the legends of the game a happy birthday and so I thought as one of the most simple quizzes we could ever have would be I'm going to shout out uh, a couple of or a, a few NFL past present players and simply, boys, all you've got to do is tell me how old that person is when they celebrated that birthday. How old they are. You're both going to get a guess. And whoever gets closest wins the point. If either of you get it spot on, you get two points. And whoever's got the most points at the end will literally win the quiz. Will literally win the literally, quiz. Quite Thanks. <laughs> so um, we'll, we're going to kick off with Doug first. 
um, just because it happens to be him that I'm looking at on my screen at the moment. And uh, we're going to start off with that said NFL legend. So all these people have had their birthday within the last, um, so in the last seven days or so, that's back from today and forwards from today. Um, so it's it's pretty much their birthday around about Wait, now. back from today and forwards from today. So their exactly. birthdays so that like, they might not have had their birthday Oh, yet. no, it's like, yeah, well, it's coming up in the next couple of days. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't enough that was from now and for the last week or so. Can't help Why does it sound? <laughs> it sounds like Doug is rummaging through like an old bag of yeah, beer. I'm, I'm going through my big notebook of NFL birthdays. <laughs> yeah. He makes notes on it just in case. So Doug, you're going to get first guess for the the NFL legend who I saw named the other day, and it is the one, the only, Mr. Tim Tebow, uh, train wreck of a Broncos quarterback. Now I think playing baseball for one of the under underlings of the New York Mets. Uh, it was he celebrated his birthday two days ago on Monday. How old was he? Twenty eight. 28 is your guess, and I'm going to throw it over to Craig. 29. It's, it's clever. You've got a point, Craig. It is Boom, bang. 30 years old. On the I was 40. going to go 30, but I thought there's no point in risking it. <laughs> <laughs> so one point to Craig. I'm going to make a scientific one next to your name. Uh, right, I'm now going to chuck over to Devon McCourty. Um, Craig, this is with you. Devon McCourty, current Patriot safety, two-time Super Bowl champion. It was his birthday last Sunday. How old was Mr. Devin McCourty? 33. 33. Doug? 32. <laughs> <laughs> I see how this is going, Doug. You get the point. He's also 30 years old. Oh. One each. Right, let's chuck it over to Doug. And we're going to go with former Ravens and Jets linebacker. Went to one Pro Bowl, Mr. Bart Scott. It's his birthday on August the 18th, so in two days' time. How old is Bart Scott going to be? 37. Craig? 38. <laughs> Doug, it's two points for you. He is 37. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> old. Well played, sir. Um, okay, Craig, let's go with uh, Super Bowl winning head coach and now hugely annoying sportscaster. It's his birthday tomorrow, John Gruden. How old will John Gruden be tomorrow? For those of you listening, tomorrow is Thursday. If you're not, if you're listening on Thursday, that'll be today. Cheers. Uh, 52. 52. Doug? 50. <laughs> he will be. John Gruden is a point to Craig. He'll be 54 years Ooh. old. Good guessing, boys. I'm impressed. I'm still one up, though, right? I'm one up. Three to two at the moment in favour of Doug. And you get to first guess on the next one, who is uh, a Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Antoine Randall L. <laughs> His uh, birthday tomorrow. How will uh, how will, old will Antoine be tomorrow? 40. Craig? 43. With three, he's going to be 38. Oh. Another point to Doug. Or play, sir. Uh, Craig, over to you. Um, very, very famous offensive tackle, mainly for the Cincinnati Bengals, regarded as one of the best tackles ever in the Hall of Fame. 11 Pro Bowls. Um, it's his birthday on August the 19th. Anthony Munoz. 
think the NFL had him listed as something like the 12th best player ever on the list that they that they broadcast fairly recently. 48. 48, you've gone for, Doug? 47. He will be 59 Ooh. years old. Point to Craig. Well done, sir. Uh, Doug? So what's that? Am I one behind still? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, 4-3 to Doug at the moment. Doug, you're in play. Um, one of your favourites, I imagine, this guy, the Nigerian Nightmare. Christian Okoye. Christian Okoye. Oh, it's his birthday this very day. Um, how old is Christian Okoye today? 52. Doug has gone 52. Craig, what are you saying? 51. He's 55 years old. Get in. 55. Doug, up to five points. Well played. Um, I've got three more of these. What's the score? It is 5-3 to you at the moment. Oh, so so this I need is, one on the nose. Need I, need at least, I need at least one on the nose, don't I? <laughs> right. Uh, Craig, I think you've got control. Yeah. Right, so former uh, dominant linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pats, and I guess kind of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the current defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans on the on August the 14th, it was Mike Vrabel's birthday. How old did Mike turn two days ago? 53. 53. Doug? 52. He's gone with one year younger. It's sensible. He's loads younger than that. He's only 41. Yeah, champion. <laughs> still, there are two more. So, Craig, in theory, could still do it. Back to back. I, 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 I have to get this one. You've got to get both. Well, you've got to get I've one. This one and then get mine. Yeah. get yours, yeah. Uh, so, we'll start with... Um, We'll see if you've heard of this name to begin with. One of the most famous San Francisco quarterbacks, two pro bowlers, um, former NFL MVP, was the third overall pick. Uh, the 49ers retired the number 12 jersey because of him, and then he became a PJ Tour golfer. Um, it was his birthday on August the 14th, Mr. John Brody. How old, and he, he is still with us, um, how old would John have been on August, the, how old was John, in fact, on August the 14th? If he's still with us, he's got to be old, doesn't he? Old, old. I'll give you a clue. He was taken third overall in the 1957 NFL draft. It's a big fucking clue, bro. <laughs> 1957. 57, so that's at least 60. 78. 78, Craig. Got his calculator out, look. <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah. Huh? 78. That's 78. All right. Uh, 79. You went the right way. He's 81. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough. Still not enough. Great, great first guess. So you're on four. If you get this one bang on the nose, Craig, yeah. then it's a tie and we'll go to a, so we'll go to a southern end. Um, so anything other than bang on and you're done. Yeah. So last one. It is the retired... Uh, quarterback for the 49ers, Chiefs and Ravens, the man who needed to, to buy another vowel in his surname, uh, former Pro Bowler and, believe it or not, Super Bowl champion. Elvis Gerback. As, as, uh, Elvis Gerback. Um, it was his birthday on August the 13th. How old did Elvis... How old was he before he left the building? 
Oh, fucking hell. Can I get a clue for this one? He got a clue for the last one. <laughs> you, you've got a far better chance for this one than you did yeah, with yeah. John Brody. 46. Oh, it's my go. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my go. Okay, you have it. 46. Craig, 46. Oh, wait. All right, I'm going to go. Not, I'll give you a clue. He's not bang on, so you yeah. can still get it. All right, I'm going to go 44 then. 44. Yeah. You know what? I thought you stood a chance. Had you gone one the other way, you'd have got it bang on. He's 47. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'll tell you what, that was some good working out by me there. That is, that is impressive. <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, you, your boys got really close on a lot then. Uh, Doug, here's your music. Thank you, you very win. Much. You win seven points to four. Well played. Just uh, two in a row. Uh, mate. <laughs> I thought you were going to get it. I thought you were going to get it. Go one over and you had it. I feel like a, I need a shower. I'm annoyed. All right, <laughs> uh, oh, so... Cheers, Mark. Yeah, good quiz, Mark. Like it. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, So, listen, before we get into... (laughs) I am. I'm I'm, I'm really annoyed about that one. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So, before we talk a bit more football, uh, here's where you get us. And it's been pretty good of late, the Twitter, the Long Snap Pod. Um, So, look us up. And it's going to be popping come season, I can tell you that. Uh, The Facebook's kind of there long snapper pod just do it anyway um, but of course get us on SoundCloud and iTunes and please do leave a review so shitload of stuff's happened uh, in football uh, Mark what's going on with your boys man <sighs> do you know what the, the, the Bills clearly don't care about their UK fan base because I'm driving home on Friday evening happy because it's the weekend and then suddenly my phone that's on my dashboard playing some happy music pops up with something about how one of our best players or probably our second best player has been traded and I nearly crashed my car <laughs> you know it the Bills the Bills fans are a loyal bunch and there's a lot of blind faith in that in that fan base and every year they go into the season thinking that this is going to be the year that they're going to finally get back to the playoffs. They're going to get over the slump and, you know, get rid of that monkey off our back. And it, it's this is after after the trade happened on Friday. This is the first year that you can see on the the forums and the Facebook groups and the Bills Mafia pages on Twitter and everything that the fans have already given up on this season. And because that's what the belief is that the management have done. Um, now I can, when you reflect on it, for the future of the organisation, based on the player that they've traded away, Sammy Watkins, who had a really, really poor injury record, um, you can you can understand why they do it because it, they've you know they've got a good amount of picks. They're rivaling the Browns now for the amount of picks in the first three rounds of, of next year's draft. But it's. <sighs> You've, you've replaced someone who, when fit, is one of the best wide receivers in the league with someone who's one of the most average wide receivers that there is going. You've not replaced like for like because you've not you've not traded him for a comparable play. You've traded him for the pick, and you're basically saying fuck this season. As much as the as much as Bean and McDermott are saying that we're going to compete this season, we're here to win. That's bollocks. Mate, that was a lot of pain in that voice. Uh, what, what was that that just went past then? Basically, that was like some sort of 1925 Harley, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Bill's hopes of winning the race. Yeah, it's coming on the week after you sign Anquan Bolden, 
where it's you know that that smacked of being some kind of a bit of a desperation just to get someone in and it turns out that that was their that's now their thing to justify why you can trade away your best wide receiver um it's this season is basically done already before we've even played the second preseason game because you can't give the you can't give the ball to LaShawn McCoy 80 times a game and expect to win games we, re- we you know we don't really have anyone that's to stretch the field we've got a, a questionable quarterback if you look at practice and last season anyway um you can see why LaShawn McCoy has said what he said after the trade, you know, how there's clearly a gap between the players that you've traded away and the players that you've got in aren't the same. LaShawn McCoy hasn't got a huge amount of years left to, to to get back to the playoffs. You can see why they're going to be like, they're going to be fucked off. And you, fair enough, there's all it's all well and good having loads of draft picks. But how often do draft picks hit all the time? It's, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get what you say. I mean, if I can get a word in, like... Sorry, been waiting for that since Friday. Mark went on a rant, mate. That was a tirade. Wait, <laughs> that not even look at us. That I was I, looking I, up to the sky. <laughs> I think you're being a little bit short-sighted. Yeah, and yeah, I don't doubt it. Look, five years' time, Bills fans might look back on this and say it was the best thing that the franchise has ever done. But it so, doesn't. It doesn't help. You know, you've got this. You've got the whole season to sit through first, and the whole season of what's potentially going to be another load of shit. So it's to clue you in. Games with Jordan. Mark, an Jordan. Hey, stick one in it for two seconds. To clue you in, Sammy Watkins has been traded away from the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, to the Rams, uh, plus a six-round pick. And in return, you got Matthews essentially in a second-round pick. And do we? I, I'm kind of with Doug. I mean, I, I think this is short-sighted. Is it that much of a drop-off given Watkins' injury record? <laughs> Uh, right, so no, it would be my answer. But and and the, but there's a lot more to this than just giving up on this season. Mark, best case scenario, you keep Sammy Watkins. What are the Bills going to do this year? Best case, because they're not they're not better than they're not certainly not better than the Patriots. No, they're almost certainly not better than the Dolphins. Now that Cup yeah, is I there. think if, I think if Sammy Watkins stays fit. Best case scenario, though, that's uh, you know, I I think that's it's a nine it's a nine potentially ten win team. Who's the other team? That's that that's potentially Who's the other team in that division. Um, the Jets. The Jets, right? So you've got essentially two teams in that division that are tanking the season because coming out of the draft this year are three quarterbacks. Yeah. So they're mortgaging this season based on the fact that they they want to pick up one of the better quarterbacks. Now, they don't think that they're worse than the Jets. So what they're saying is, right, we can get rid of a player, we can stockpile draft picks, and we can go for that quarterback, which, if Tom Brady quits in the next couple of years, is going to give them a foot in to actually compete in that division for years to come. And then they can build around that position. And you're essentially, you're giving up a player that's played 21 games out of a possible 32 in the last two years, and, and you're basically renting a, a crap receipt. like you're renting this season on the fact that you're trying to get better long much longer term because ultimately that, that division's up for grabs the day that that Brady jacks it in and you want to put yourself in the best position possible and if the best position yeah. possible is tanking this season and getting a quarterback then it's a sensible move 
it, yeah, I, I get that. And cold light of day, it makes a lot of sense. But as a sports fan, I'm not programmed to think, oh, I'll just take this season off. It's not in my nature to be like, oh, we're going to be shit this year, but let's not really, let's not worry about but it. Especially when it was a team that wasn't going to be necessarily shit. And like I said, Bills fans are optimistic by their very nature. They have to be or they kill themselves. Would, would you but, rather have one shit season or th- another three mediocre seasons followed by another five mediocre seasons after that or like, I want both i want both doug i want to be good this season and then pick up some gems in the draft but here's the thing anyway. do you think I, I agree with you like i don't like the idea of tanking and but that's a british that's a british right, mentality isn't yeah, it because of the promotion relegation but, thing that we, but looking at it looking at it objectively if you exclude the idea of tanking are you saying that by Losing Watkins, who we don't know is going to be on the field every week, is going to be the difference between six wins and ten wins. You, you bring think, in Matthews. Yeah, if, if you get if, if if okay, fine. But for what you've got potentially to gain, and if you coach well, if you get on a run, if Matthews comes in and has his best year, is it going to be that much difference to what would have been an average Sammy Watkins? I, I don't, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's enough. It's not as though you're booting out Tyra Taylor, you let LaShawn McCoy go, you, you completely decimate the team. You're talking about your, your best player potentially because he hasn't done it. It's not like he's given you 1,500 yards a year and 12 touchdowns. But you know, what, you know what's going to happen though because it's the Bills and you know, after I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, he'll go to some sunny place and he won't get the same injuries and he'll probably win like the receiving fucking record this year because that's just how it goes. Um, sometimes, look, and sometimes a move is good for both parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you sometimes never, look, you never know. Goes. And I, I hope it works. I, I genuinely hope it works out for Sammy because he's not had anything bad to say about the bill since he's gone. Um, and he is, he's an incredible talent. He's been really, really unlucky with injuries. There is some talk about his, you know, his attitude to rehab wasn't the best. And um, there's some talk that that's why um, McDermott and Bean were, weren't too bothered about shopping him. But I don't, I don't know about that because they weren't there. No, but they've seen it since they've been there. What, seen him rehabbing since they've been there? They've well, only like, been there since the, end the attitude towards it. In that right. he's, you know, he's not he's not first there, he's not last there. He's um, he's one of those guys that turns up and does the minimum and gets by. Look, I think I think if you get one of these quarterbacks coming out at the beginning of the season at the beginning of the draft, um I think you'll look back at this and go, Well, we'll we'll take it. This time this time next year, I if we get one of those quarterbacks, I'll probably be sat here thinking, Yeah, for the good of the franchise it was brilliant, and I can see that. But it doesn't help me for the next six months. And so, the next six months are going to be painful when they didn't necessarily have to be. And it's it's just tough because it's like it's your management admitting that your season's done. And if that's the outlook for the Buffalo Bills, what does this trade mean for the Rams? Your other team. Is it, 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 yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> bad day, good day. Good news, bad news. <laughs> the Rams... <laughs> who have, have, by all accounts, seeming to show in some signs of life, not the dead dog they were last year. You add <coughs> Sammy Watkins, you give Goth a, a, a legit option, if healthy. What does this mean? Well, I think, the, I think the amusing thing is that you've now, the Rams have now got the receiving core from the Bills last year. 
uh, because they've got on the other side it's Robert Woods. Woods yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's like Tavon Austin is clearly the forgotten man there now, um, and is going to be used in trick plays and and like punt returns and stuff. I disagree with that. Interesting. I, d- I disagree with that because last last year or previously, Tavon Austin was looked at as the major weapon. Yeah, and I think he'll actually, I think it, he'll actually thrive being given somebody to take a bit of defensive attention away from. He can work out the slot a lot more, which will, if you've got if you've got him and Watkins on the field, it's going to open up the field for other options. And and you know, I I think the balance of that offense is actually a lot better. It'll be interesting to see if if Sean McVay can work out what to do with him because clearly um, Fisher never could despite the fact that he paid him a fuck ton of money. Um, so if, if they can work it out with... Well, yeah. I, I see um, him. You know, I see him as... Sorry, Mark. Sorry. Tavon, Tavon Austin, Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods are three good receivers, if all fit and on song. Um, they've got potentially a really good running back in Todd Gurley. The only question marks the quarterback. Wait, yeah. no, no. I think they've got two questions. I think the O-line is going to still, still got to show that they can play football. But here's my thing with Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin has been their weapon for three years. He's, they've, they've done everything they can with him. He plays out of the backfield. He plays out of the slot. He, he, they move him out wide. Let's not forget, this man is still just five foot nine. Now, I'm not saying I like Austin. I've taken him in fantasy beforehand, but I, I think I'm more along the lines of planning for after Austin. And actually, this probably hasn't worked out as much as you expected, rather than this is going to be the option uh the, the 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 one to take over the top to give up uh, austin some space I, i'm not convinced that he's that man and actually from the hard knots last year i didn't like his attitude either yeah i, agree. So I, I see i see austin his role now could almost be like a, a turbo wes welker <laughs> operating out the slot he's not having to shoulder the load of being on the field and being the one expected to make all the plays because you've got to remember he walks onto the field. Everyone goes right. What's Austin doing? But now there's it's a triple-headed monster there. Now you've got this. Todd Gurley should be freed up with the extra runner without with the extra linebackers or nickelbacks out out of uh, out of the tackle box. You've then got a lot more space on the field for someone like Austin to operate in, which is where I think you'll get a lot of he'll get those mismatches that you're looking for against you know defensive ends who find themselves in coverage or or linebackers you know, trying to cover him out of the slot. I, I just think that it might actually f- free him up to become the player everyone thinks he is. Whereas, and also a, an offensive coordinator with a bit of creativity rather than Jeff Fisher sort of operating out of a sort of 1990s offense. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think he'll hopefully be more impactful um, if Watkins can stay fit. But I'm not sure. I think with Tavon Austin, this, uh, you know, it's an old Darren Sproles, to be honest with you. I'd rather have a prime Darren Sproles tomorrow than I would Tavon Austin. Um, but I do think the Rams have upgraded and I think they will be better this year. I do think there's, if Gurley can play well um, and Watkins can stay fit, they've got the tools. The question for me is that offensive line. They've, got to, keep, they've got to keep the quarterback on his feet, man. Let him, he needs, he's going to need time. He's yeah, going to well, need time. He's going to need a fuck ton of time, and then even then, he still needs to be able to hit open receivers. He's going to get. I think those offensive weapons will give him time. Just get Gurley back in the game, setting up play action with Austin and Watkins. Play action from from Todd Gurley 
to Watkins and Austin is a scary thought, man. That is, you know. Do you think this? Do you think this brings Todd Gurley back into fantasy reckoning a bit more? Yeah, almost. I think he was in anyway. I think he was. I think he was always in anyway. Last year was an anomaly based based on the fact that that quarterback just wasn't ready, and I think a whole another year, better offensive, better coaches, basically. I think will will help. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we talked about the Bills and uh, the twenty eighteen. Am I not allowed to rant about that anymore? Then no, mate. (laughs) But what we can do is that we got we talked about a few teams in that position, like the Jets. Potentially the Browns. Who, who, who's who's going to get one of those um, quarterbacks next year? Who's going to get the number one can I, pick? Can I just? Um, you don't have to hit every one of these bullet points. Sweet. So we're like twenty-eight minutes through. So they're, they're literally just All talking right. points. So do you know what? The, so the, the uh, ones in larger font. The, so the talking, the actual points are the. Are the Bigger font, yeah, cool. And right, then the bits enough. underneath are all just talking points that we can link right, into, and you know, well, I'm going to go straight to Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forget. Cool. I don't want to talk about first pick anyway. All right. Um, so, what did we just say something about Rams? Yeah, I was me saying, "Oh, can I can I stop whinging about the Bills now?" Yeah. Should I say that again? Please. Yeah, go on. <laughs> say again. So, am I not allowed to rant about the Bills anymore? Are we done now? No, we're done. Um, so. Another thing that interesting thing that also has fantasy uh, relevance. Um, Zeke Elliott six game suspension. Uh, he, he he was taken in our draft. I'm sure we're going to talk fantasy early. He was taken in our draft before the news dropped. <laughs> uh, and I and, and, and uh, I noticeably passed because. Uh, I, I, I wasn't the two games was initially for me listen if you told me I was me trying Ezekiel to bait you it, into it as well with yeah I'm not, of course you were <laughs> get out of town uh, go be silly uh, the two games weren't an issue and if he'd got two games beforehand I probably still would have took it the worry the concern was if it weren't two games and Viney it weren't two games <laughs> he's going to miss game what does this mean for the Cowboys um, yeah uh, well fuck Ezekiel Elliott six games it, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because, you know, basically last year, I think it's a bit funny because everyone last year that wasn't a Cowboys fan was banging on about the fact that he was only doing as well as he was doing because of that great O-line. And now he's going to be banned for six games. Everyone was like, and everyone's saying, well, the O-line's exactly the same, but now they're going to do fuck all. Um, so we'll, we'll find out what it is. Is it the O-line that makes Elliot look good or is it um, is it the the running back who is just a genius? We'll that man's out. a stud. I'm, I've already been telling you that man's a stud. Oh, we'll find out, won't we? We'll, we'll, we'll find, find out. out is when it? Darren McFadden uh, runs for 250 yards a game. That's going to happen, aren't right? You? Yeah. Between 32 and 35 minutes on whatever this date is, the 16th of August, we will go and we will review this. <laughs> uh, uh, I will remember. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I mean, said I... this about Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams came in and ran like a train. So. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah let's, not like Lev Bell, though, was he? He wasn't Lev Bell. Like that's actually a perfect example. Don't get me wrong; they will run the ball. They will they run the ball beforehand. They had the lead in rush of the year two years before. Anyway, it, it just won't be Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think he's I think he's a fantastic running back, and I do think they will miss him. Um, Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris. I mean, they're they're serviceable backups, aren't they? In that their names, and you know, four or five years ago, they they were starters and. And really, really solid players. Um, I think they'll do the job, and I think the suspension will come down to probably three or four games anyway. Um, do we? Do we think the suspension will be reduced? I think he's doing six, mate. 
He's got to have to hold that. If Tom Brady did four, you're doing six. This, yeah, this is an example for all future rookies coming into the NFL. Get your shit together or you're going to get pinged. We'll see. Rod, we'll see. I mean, Rod, you, Rod's don't just, play that. That's just, that's just history, isn't it, for this type of thing? Getting, they, the, the reason that they give him such a big suspension in the first place is to make a statement knowing full well that on appeal it's going to get shortened and so they've given him six games knowing it will go to four rather than giving him four nah, but that, that, that's, that only really happens around the drug shit the drug <laughs> shit they can't necessarily and prove it if it's raping not drugging if it's raping not drugging it stays if it's drugging not raping it comes yeah. down yeah. if it's raping <laughs> and a drugging then it's there, take- we, there we go um, I read something about, I think it's Article 46, something about basically it's one part of their CBA agreement, which gives Roger Goodell like superpowers. And when it comes to these... Not like jump over building superpowers, though, right? Not, not, like, not like real ones, but legal <laughs> big boy ones. And it basically is like that thing about almost like distribute. It's not that, but like where if you, whatever, you fucked up in it and we can't prove it, but we... <laughs> Like, you like up, you're doing whatever we say. Like Rod says that. <laughs> but that's, fucked that's up in it. Is. That's what it is. So Zeke, <laughs> Zeke is Zeke is gonna have to hold that bird. He's gonna have to accept it. He's gonna have to take it on the chin. I think the Cowboys. Uh, listen, I will tell you what it will do as well. This is what will be interesting. I think it will see how good Dak is because I'm a fan of Dak too. Uh, but I definitely thought he was he was heavily benefited from Ezekiel Lee's fantastic running. So it'd be a real good test to see how how truly good he is. And in our league, again, I don't want to talk too much fantasy, but Dak is still on the board. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a I'm, pick for about I'm, another four hundred years. So it's, um, I think I Dak Prescott will struggle this year. He's going to have a sort of. That sophomore year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes the same way as RG3. And I would laugh my tits off. Not happening. No, there we go. But between 35 and 38. <laughs> mate, too stupid comments. Between 35, 35, 38. I'm, I'm pretty sure we had this conversation at this kind of time last year where Doug was saying that Dak Prescott wasn't relevant. And, 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 Zeke, <laughs> and Zeke. Oh, just height. Just Ohio. Ohio He'll do nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um... So, what else happened? Imagine drafting a kicker in the second round and then cutting him two years later. Would anybody do that? What's that about? <laughs> why, draft a, why draft a kicker? Why, why draft a kicker? And this, whole, this whole story, I believe, has, has hung around for as long as it has, basically because of Dan Hansis and the, uh, around the NFL podcast. Don't know them by name like that. <laughs> well he's, he's basically he's, he's done this little skit hasn't he where he does like a Hollywood in film intro for it like, Aguayo Falk two kickers like that and then they have, a, they have some like nonsense bit of news so excuse me um, Lee he, he was just a bad kicker right and bad kickers get cut listen I'm telling you now I'm telling you telling you telling you now if they had hollered at me like three years ago and said, Craig, train for three years. You're going to be a kicker. And they would pay me like hundred bags. Just comfortable. I would be good enough to play. I don't understand how you can't kick football. You have a county, you can't do it. This guy missed too many big kicks. Let him, I don't Missed too many extra points as well. I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand how you can't just say, fella, 
in the changing rooms, can you just do me a play? Just practice kicking this ball from this spot with loads <laughs> for a couple of years because I'm going to need you. Done. Literally, finish. literally, that's all you've got to okay, do. Get, finish. That is game over. <laughs> Two years. All I want you to do is stay here and keep kicking that ball over and over again. Whatever. Like, I just don't understand it. That is mental. Um, where's he gone? He's gone somewhere as well. Bears. Brilliant. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. Do you, what do you reckon it is? Because the guy in college, uh, as I understand, well, he, I did, he, did it miss, he did it miss a kick, did he? He did miss like a kick, basically yeah. his entire career. And he was one of the most prolific um, college kickers in the history of sport. Yet he come, then he comes into the NFL. Is it the pressure of the fact that you've then got this massive, because you drafted him in the second round, do you think that made a difference? <laughs> because uh, like million dollar signing bonus. What is it? Fragile, fragile mental state, I would imagine. Yeah, he, he missed definitely. and he hasn't missed for so long and it's got on top of him and he's just, he's had his confidence shaken and, and doesn't know how to get back from it. It's so my guess. I know having, having been uh, British American football's most accurate kicker for over a decade. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, I think Martin Brown would uh, have something to say about it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but there's a minimum, a minimum of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a minimum of 20 kicks to qualify. I've read up on the rules. So, um, yeah, Bobby, if you need some advice, come and see Dougie. I'll sort you out. <laughs> finished the 2016 campaign with the worst field goal percentage in the NFL amongst kickers making more than five attempts. Hey, listen, one of you lot, one of you lot, just holler at me, tell me, Craig, give, give me a year, give me eight months, eight months, say, Craig, you stop doing it. have got film, I've got film, holler at me. <laughs> just shout at me, I'll practice. Check the I'll, tape. I'll be, I'll be ready for you. <laughs> the, I'm the kick British kickalicious. Get out of town. Um, <laughs> what, what, what L- else? Lunch ball, Dougie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else happened? Um, Ryan Matthews got cut. Yeah, yeah. this doesn't seem like big news, but I I sort of thought it was because Ryan Matthews has essentially been cut because of concussion issues. Yeah, well, they they waited till he was fit, didn't they? Yeah. Um, they cut him so they didn't have to pay him the injury. Um, but I also think it's a fair deal. To be honest with you, he's never played. He's he, he's always he. he I I tell you what, and I bet you there's a number of men who have been burnt by Ryan Matthews in fantasy because every year that man was meant to go off, and every year something happens. Well, he he, he, he kind of did all right with the Eagles. What did yeah. he? What I, did I thought he looked. I thought he looked okay for a couple of years at Charges as well. He did. No, he always when he played, he was fine, but he, yeah. he wasn't on the field enough. Plus, they've obviously like fairly recently picked up the Garrett Blunt, haven't they? So they've got an option that they know that leading touchdown scorer in the league last year for running backs. So they obviously know that he can do it, albeit another year older. And I've just picked the Garrett Blunt in the in our fancy league the day before uh, they got rid of Matthews. So I was quite happy with that. Yeah. The backfield a just bit. just um, two thousand yard seasons um, and only one sixteen game season. So you yeah. know, in injuries yeah. played a big part. But he played 13 games in the last two years and, and, and that Eagles backfield was a crowded place at the end of the last season. So I think he might end up somewhere. I'm not sure that's the end of Ryan Matthews. I think he'll end up on a roster. There's a lot of teams oh, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely, back. definitely. Ravens or something if, like that need a back. And if not now, in three, four, five weeks, yeah. after playoffs, someone goes down, he'll, he'll, land, he'll land somewhere. Yeah. And I hope he does because, you know, it's a rough way to go out of the game, isn't it? With concussion issues. Uh, and, that's the, and that's the thing of running back, isn't it? That's the curse. Five years and you're out. Something's happened. But 
I, I do. If he's fit, which they say he did, he had a he passed his medical. Um, I, I'm pretty confident he'll he'll find a landing spot. Now, is anybody excited to talk fantasy football? And the tens of listeners who are out there, are you in? I won a league based on taking Adrian Peterson in like round six. Man like me. <laughs> <laughs> So, the Long Snapper uh, podcast fantasy league draft is underway. Uh, we've only been drafting for maybe two, three months, is it? No, I'm joking. But <laughs> most, of, most of time. <laughs> we've, uh, we've got a 24-hour draft going on, um, 16-team league. Really the only way we could have done it. Yeah, we somebody's in Australia. It's fucking it up, but whatever. Um, and it is Vince. Vince, if you're listening, it's you that's fucking this up. As soon as you get that email, mate, just fucking pick a player, you <laughs> <laughs> Keep notifications on while you're asleep, mate. Fuck's sake, stop being so inconsiderate. Is he on, um, he's on the clock at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. He's on the clock at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what do we think? What we, where are we at? We're in uh, round four. Round uh, four, pick eight. What... what uh, well, firstly, let's talk about the format itself. The 24-hour thing, are we all right with it? 16 teams, initial thoughts before we talk teams. I, I love 16 teams. I love it. In, in my perfect world, there would be more. Uh, <laughs> more teams. More teams, yeah. All of the teams. <laughs> yeah, because the fun is in, is in picking up, like, Mark, you've never played a six. Have you played a sixteen team league before? No. Right. So when you pick up someone off waivers, as you would in the twelve team league, who scores five points, it means nothing in a twelve team league. In a sixteen team league, that can win you a game. So the waiver wire is a real. It's really good fun, like, and it's relevant, and it and it makes you. It's a shot in the dark, is what it is. It's really not. <laughs> it makes it's it's only a shot in the dark if you're just randomly plucking names. If you're actually looking at, you can actually read into statistics a bit. You're more. doing your research. Yeah, exactly. I, I think sixteen teams is a real is the true test of fantasy knowledge. I must admit, I'm not as opposed to it. Mark's not on it at all. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as opposed to it. I do. I do. I do like the element that it it, ha- it does make it harder. There's no getting away from it. It makes it harder, and it it encourages you to back yourself. You cannot just pick good good players on good teams or starters on good teams. It is more than that, and I do like it. And actually, I like the 24 hour draft because. Um, other than the fact that we've got somebody in Australia which kills it, it isn't the, I don't want to say pressure, but that minute or whatever time frame you have in a normal, regular draft, where if something changes, you, it's much more difficult to adjust. Whereas on the 24-hour draft, if something changes, a pick goes that you maybe didn't expect, particularly, and that happens in a 16-team more so, then you've got that ability to you know get on it and make your, your in draft adjustments around how you're going to form your team yeah I agree with you I like the I like the 24 hour thing I think probably like 6 hours would be enough except for Vince clearly but um, well, that, that 6, only, six that or 12 works. hours would be enough that only works for the people that are awake during the uh, the 6 hours because if you go yeah, to bed actually. at midnight then you've got to make your pick between right. midnight so six, and 6 6 or 12 6 or 12 <laughs> hours make it 12 hours then that's fair enough avoid what you said like tactical drafting so the guy yeah. misses yeah. Oh, if I fit. wait, if I wait another two hours, <laughs> I'm have to draft by four a.m. <laughs> yeah. so, so draft to win league, so he'd probably be all right. Um, so yeah, I don't mind the time 
the time limit. I think if you start it with plenty of time, then it's all good. You just need to make sure that people aren't taking their time for it. Because I think our first pick took a fair while. Um, you think, come on, how long does it take you to draft the first overall? Um, but yeah, I like as I think you boys have alluded to, I'm not a massive fan of 16 teams. I think it's far too many. Um, I, I've I've done the other I've done the other way, and I've I've been in uh, an eight team league. That's not a league. Uh, and it's not uh, a league. Eight contest- teams is whack, bro. <laughs> That's like child game. It's like 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 kids Monopoly, basically. <laughs> you play a Connect Four, bro. Stop that shit. <laughs> I'm not in it anymore. Um, I've I've also done a ten team, and I think it makes a big difference with who else you're in the league with. Because I did the Bills Backers UK League last year, and I lost one game all year. Um, because <laughs> is it bragging? Is that the eighth yeah. year? Humble brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay. I think it you, you moved on to the intermediate version. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> uh, being in a league with people who know what they're doing obviously makes a difference. Um, but I do think 16, 16 teams. You know, with by round three, the board was fucked. And that's so, mate, that's only that's only one round more. So you're saying in a twelve team league by round four, the whole league, the whole draft board's fucked. I, mean, I think it's more like it's round five. It's fucked. And don't forget, you've got five players by then rather than two. So let's uh, let's give you an illustration. And what I'm going to quickly do is I'm going to give you the first round, and then you can think if it's a twelve team. So you've got those four extra players. So the, our first round, first overall went uh, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Evans, LaShawn McCoy, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Freeman, AJ Green, Jay Ajayi, uh, Gordon, Thomas, Baldwin, and T.Y. Hilton. So you're looking at Hilton going in the first round, Baldwin going in the first round, even Ajayi. Are these, would, they, would you have said they would be your first, first round picks prior to our draft? No. No, they'd be second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no chance, and I think it's I think it's worth no, noting exactly. that our, I think yeah. it's worth noting that our league there's a, a bit of a an overdependence because of the way that the lineup works. There's more reliance on wide receivers than there is running backs, which is a bit different to some of the other leagues because there's only one definite running back spot, whereas I think there's about three where you have to at least pick a, at least have a wide receiver. Um, so you that's why start two wide receivers. receivers. But there's other spots where you can take a wide receiver yeah, or a yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah, you can start. Between two and five, I think it is. Yeah, whereas you can only start two running backs. Yeah. Um, and you only have to start one. So I think that that's why there's been a lot of wide receivers taken, which is fair enough. Um, so that probably makes a difference as to why you're down to like Thomas and Baldwin by the end of the first round, because you get to that point and all the good ones have gone. And you suddenly think, shit, well, I've got to take someone because I've got to fill five spots potentially. So... Um, we're not going to have time to go through everyone's team, but do you boys want to spend a bit of time talking about your own teams uh, and how it's going? Yeah, I mean, I, I I ended up with Ajayi and Fournette with my first two picks because I thought that everyone would go wide receiver heavy early. So I thought, well, if everyone's going to go wide receiver heavy, I'll just load up on running backs. And also, we're a keeper, don't forget. So I've got two running backs there that hopefully Fournette will pay off. And then I can potentially keep him for next year and then draft a wide receiver. So I could potentially keep him and him and Adams and then get a wide receiver in the first round because your keeper will be... If you drafted that player in round one, you will lose the round one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to get a receiver in round one and I'll still have Fournette and Adams for next year. That's, that's the plan anyway. 
Um, and then I picked up Jimmy Graham as well because I, I think an under-reliance on uh, tight ends because people don't have to start one. So I thought Jimmy Graham, I think Jimmy Graham this year is going to go off in Seattle uh, and I think that's echoed across a lot of platforms. So I, I'm not going to claim that I've, I've, I've uh, come up with that myself. I've, I've read it and I've, I've believed it. So I've gone with that. But the other, the other team I really like at the moment is um, right down the, uh, the, the first team on the board, the dog rough. They've got Johnson, David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen in their first three picks, which I think if Keenan Allen can stay healthy, that's that's pretty good. That's the key outliner, isn't it? In the fact that he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go next because that annoyed me because uh, uh, I am I picked a fourth in our draft, so I, I got my second round pick and then my third round pick was coming six, round, six picks later. And I had hoped to get McCaffrey um, my third round pick. I didn't actually think he would go that early. So a bit annoying. Um, I went for Julio Jones. Uh, I I just think uh, with the fourth pick, um, I wanted Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I I, I think that Ezekiel's going to be the best back in football. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see Bell come. I don't know how significant this whole contract thing is, whether it's just to keep him healthy till he starts or whether there's an actual dispute there. So I, I do think Depending on how Lavian Bell goes, Zeke could legitimately be the best back in football. Um, but I wasn't convinced the two games would be two games, um, and losing him for six of a sixteen-game season is 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 way too much. Um, so I couldn't spend the first-round pick, and the supervines did. Uh, it's technically only a fifteen-game season in fantasy. Fifteen game, yeah, fair enough. Cheers, though. Either way. Even even more so. Yeah, even more so. Um, so so I went with Julio Jones, Hopkins, um, second round. I, I like. I think Texans are going to do well next year. Uh, I really do. Um, and I'm a bit unsure. I I didn't. I, I must admit, I'm going to be quite honest. I didn't like my third round pick, but I felt like Lynch. Lynch. I went Marshall Lynch, um, but I felt like he was the best on the board, given that I couldn't get McCaffrey. Um, not long after went Montgomery. Somebody might have thought he would have been a, a, a better pick. I'm surprised why, Woodhead went I, in the third. Can I just as well. ask why you don't like Lynch? I, I just I think it's a real unknown quantity. I I, I you, is you've it got though? one. Is it? Well, you've got two. You've got two options. Obviously, you've got one in that he has a year out. He's he's lived well, but he's the the rest has done him brilliant. He goes out to Oakland. All the excitement. They're still the force, the offensive force great, they were last year. Great quarterback, year. two great receivers. Yeah, good and he, and he and he and he smacks it. That's obviously what great I'm hoping O-line. for. The worry is he's been out for a year, and something doesn't go right. Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he's enjoyed his year off too much. It's just it's this. You know when you just don't have that. You just have it's that just a little bit. Of concern, but it's a third round pick. I didn't spend my first round pick. Uh, third, he could be massive value. Yeah, I think he will be. I think he'll be that player this year that um, goes far too late in drafts. So, looking at mine, fifteenth um, pick. Uh, so, second to last. I normally like picking quite near the end. Um, for the benefit of getting the two players relatively close to each other. Um, but when it's a 16-team league, so much has gone, it kind of negates it. 
Um, so Doug Baldwin, <laughs> you have had a fucking cloud been, over your it's head. It's been a rough today, week. It's been a rough week, Craig. This guy, <laughs> you're not kidding. Um, so yeah, Doug Baldwin, unspectacular, um, but gets decent numbers. You know he's going to get a lot of receptions. You know he's going to get a, a decent amount of touchdowns. I, I don't think that's a first round pick. I think he's going to lose targets to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy uh, Graham was emerging last year, and I had him. I, 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 I yeah. Uh, and yeah, by then I wasn't the 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 other options that you're looking at because I wanted a wide receiver. Um, Des Bryant not convinced that he's going to stay fit. We'll see how that works out. And then you're down to you're looking at like you were Brandon Cooks and Alshon Jeffrey at the Eagles, Terrell Pryor. And I'm not convinced with anybody else. So you having? I'm not going anywhere near DeAndre Hopkins because who's throwing in the ball? Um, Doug, let me ask Doug. Doug, do you take Baldwin over Cooks, Brian, Gronk, and Cooper? Uh, over Des Bryant, yes. Not over Amari Cooper. Uh, who are the others? Gronk or Cooks? Uh, uh, Baldwin over Gronk I is took, a I took tough one well. just because of the injury history. And Brandon Cooks, I just don't like. I don't like the volume that he's going to get in New England. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, then I got Gronk was next pick, um, second round. Clearly, with him, it's the injury problems. But if he stays, if he stays healthy, he's one of the highest point scorers in the league that isn't a quarterback. Um, so I'm comfortable with that. And then Blunt, who I had last year, and he won me a lot of games last year. So there's a bit of legacy going on with him. But then, as I mentioned earlier on the day after, they cleared the backfield for him a little bit, and he's probably the starter there now. He's going to get a lot of goal line opportunities. Should score a decent amount of touchdowns, and I'm happy with that pick as well. Like I said, it's you know. It's just, oh, and then my fourth round pick, because I forgot I've got that far, um, Tyreek Hill. Just because I quite like him, I think he's going to have a decent year. I must admit, when you picked Blount, I thought, I don't know about that, that's a bit early, and is he, has he got anything in the tank? Was it Bill Belichick? But the fact that they did release Matthews straight after is a good sign. It means they've seen something, they're happy to let that man lead it. Can I just make a point about uh, Ryan Matthews being released uh, that I didn't make earlier that I should have. He's been he's been released. They waited till he was healthy to release him, so he didn't have to pay an injury compensation, right? And that's yeah. that's the story that's coming out. But also, if you actually delve a bit deeper into that, it's actually doing Matthews a bit of a solid. No, it is. It's a it's yeah, because yeah. they've waited said, for him to be fit. They've waited for him yeah. to be fit, so he's not released injured. So teams know that he's a healthy player and he can catch yeah. on. Sorry, I just wanted to mention that. No, we did. We said it earlier, and, and they released a good statement. Talked about, talked to Mark. Did the whole, you know how they do it, the NFL America, all American yeah. thing. It's a fair deal. Um, but yeah, it's, no, actually, it's I, actually nothing to do with that. I put in a call to the GM. I said, "Look, I've just drafted Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me out?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay, just, just use your contacts from the massive that's, following." Hey, that we've hey, got. Fle- flexing that podcast money out. That's here. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Ego Legarant, you do, do your business. Uh, one, um, one thing, any, I, yeah. One thing I just want to point out: Norwich Partridges. I know Russ and Ben will be listening. Joint uh, co-owners there, sort of a Gerard Hullier, Roy Evans situation going on. That went um, well, yeah, dudes. The number in brackets is their bye week, so they're not playing on that week. So on week nine, you haven't got Levy and Bell or Julian Edelman. Good move. Um, Top three pick. So, oh, so a yeah, mistake, that. that is a rookie mistake. I mean, I've, I've, I, there's quite a few teams that have got because there's quite a lot of bye weeks, week eight and nine. Quite a lot of teams yeah. are on bye. Uh, but the, no, the question is the worst one though. Ray Rice's family values. Sorry, Ray Rice's family values. I'm not sure who that is. They've picked Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery, and Odell Beckham all on a week eight bye. 
That's yeah. I think that's the best. I think that's the most solid team so far, though. Yeah, yeah. But week eight, he's like, well, maybe he's looked at it and gone. Do you know I'll what? Trash that week. I'll trash that yeah. week and write it off, well, and then everyone's actually out. Actually, what so. the Bills have thought for the whole season. That's what he's doing in week eight. Yeah, Martin does advocate that strategy. He, he, he's is that is that Martin? Is it? Certain, well, I don't think that is Martin, but he definitely has talked of that approach that you can either try and spread your bye weeks out and only lose one of your two of your stars, or just think fuck it. Um, if I can get them all to fall on the same day, certainly my most important players, then I'll do that too. So, um, if he has done that, fair play. I think I that's think difficult. That's a team. difficult. That's a difficult move in a 16, 16 uh, team league, or, 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 or maybe it helps. It is a solid team. I like Aaron Rodgers. I like Odell Beckham. I'm I'm unconvinced about Montgomery personally, um, but yeah, definitely. Anything else we're seeing that we're liking? Anyone uh, or any absolute Ray Rice family values? By the way, is Jack. Okay. All right. So, mate, Jack, let us know on Twitter if you've done that intentionally. Because if you have, then fair play to you, mate. That's quite smart. Strategy, tactics. Yeah. We've we've got. Uh, can, I play week, can I play in week eight, Doug? Is there any way? <laughs> Rogers, <laughs> Rogers appreciation. Rogers appreciation society. Mike Evans, Terrell Pryor, Dalvin Cook. Oh, there's a lot of hype behind Mike Evans right now. There is a lot of hype behind him. He had a solid year last year, solid year the year before. Um, getting some good press and on the hard knocks. Doug Martin back could, and um, uh, the Sean Jackson to help him. Yeah, the Sean Jackson on the other side. I mean, he could he could go big. Could be Megatron s. Could just be pulling out twenty pointers every week. Juice check yourself, looking quite good as well. I I really like Carlos Hyde. I debated about that because I think that the the um, coach there, the the new head coach, uh, the old Falcons guy, what's his name? Help me out. Falcons offensive coordinator that moved to coach San Francisco. Uh, no, name escapes me. It wasn't Schottenheimer, was it? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, isn't he the, the, the Broncos bloke was his dad? Um, Carl Shanahan. Carl Shanahan. Thank Carl you. Shanahan. We'll leave all that in. Carl Shanahan there, <laughs> if you look at his history and what he's done with running backs, you know, what he did with those backs in Atlanta, I think there's potential there that... Fucked it though, didn't he? Even one of those receivers or one or Carlos Hyde is going to go off this year. Um, obviously, they, they haven't got the deepest roster, but I, I could see Carlos Hyde having a good year. Yeah. Anyone willing to delve into their potential uh, plans and pull out a sleeper? <laughs> whoever the shag is left by this point, mate. Um, okay. Well, Best I'm, player left. <laughs> I, I'm going to look at... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to look at rookie quarterbacks for one of my bench spots. Because if one of them oh. if one of them rookie quarterbacks... In the same way that Cam went off that year, you know, if one of them goes off, you're in a great position. If you can pick one of them up late on in the draft, um, you're in a great position. I'm looking at... If I can get him late enough, I really like that Prescott. I really do. Uh, with Elliot out, I think he's going to have even more responsibility on him to win games. So if I can get him for value, and it's, I, I do think this year we're going to see an emergence on needing that quarterback because I do think you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be stellar. Tom Brady's going to be stellar. So you're going to need a strong quarterback. Uh, I, I like I like Prescott if you can get him late. 
I think it's going to be interesting when people start taking those kind of more fantasy mid-range quarterbacks. When are they going to start going and will there be a copy of the NFL draft and a bit of a run on one they start going? I was even half tempted to take one with my fourth round pick because after I, after my fourth round, I don't have another pick for 30-odd goes. Um, so then you suddenly think, is everyone going to be gone by then? And you've kind of got to cross your fingers and hope there'll be some value left. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to leave it after my fourth, uh, my fifth and sixth, I'm going to have to take a quarterback then because I think everyone will be done. 32 <sighs> quarterbacks, 16 teams. That's all you need to worry about. Yeah, but how many of them are good? So, anyone... <laughs> uh, you taking Brock Osweiler because he's one of those 32 quarterbacks? Don't think so. <laughs> Sean Kaiser, though. Uh, there's, a, there's a real risk we lead on to talking about another quarterback that we talk about every weekend. You know what? I just don't think I could face it. Is there any... Uh, uh, is there uh, any clear winner in our draft so far no not by no, a long way not yet no not yet plenty of time yeah fair enough that i think that'll wrap up fantasy for this week um i can't wait till i can't wait till week one i must admit i need some football uh yeah next week we'll uh, update you on the the draft and we would have had i'm sure two more picks yeah <laughs> rock i might have made their next pick by then so i think that's going to bring us to um any other business Big Ben, Bill Benedict, Taylor, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Fat Rob, Dettelboy, Defensive Players Radio. All right, fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop right on that. Uh, and hopefully this one's a bit quicker because Adam's not here to regale us with <laughs> stories of years gone yeah. by. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to listen to his Ryanair story yeah. next week, though, right? Yeah. Tales oh, yeah, of your, I know. Oh, it was a fucking delay. And how would you? No, I don't want to hear it, Adam. So, um, here's mine. Hope you're having a lovely holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Right, everybody in short is watching Game of Thrones, which is fucking dope. Sick. Love it. However, I'm pissed. Which, by by the way, Doug, that's what I was actually watching last week while having a birthday takeaway of my missus, not Sharknado. (laughs) That was Rachel that that sent that tweet, by the way. I put put that on Facebook as a joke and everyone jumped on it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was, I have been, as have many, Game of Thrones. It's brilliant, no doubt. However, I've got a fucking problem. And that problem lies with George R.R. R. Martin. You fucked it. I spent a lot of time, invested a lot of my personal hours diving into your illustration that was Game of Thrones. And there's seven books of that shit. A Song of Ice and Fire, if you will. Fair enough. And now they have rushed so much into the first four episodes on Sky. We don't know anything about what happened to Euron. Just fucked off the bitches from Dawn. We're talking about, bro. How they get him from the wall to King's Landing in less than an episode? That's far. They have, there's no trains. There's not Virgin. They're on <laughs> boats and shit, bro. Listen. They're, they're cutting too much out. It's getting to me. We don't know nothing about where Asher is. Euron came out of nowhere, stormed the ships, fucked off again. We haven't seen him for another two episodes. John come to Dragonstone, back to Winterfell. Uh, Bram is still in Winterfell. We've not seen nothing. I mean, it's ju- it is just Arya. Arya's back. She's been three places. We, we don't know what's happened. It, it, it is, it's not cool. G- George, mate. It's not all right to do this to us. They're just, they're butchering it, man. 
they're butchered it. What you created, they're, they're butchering it. They're rushing it. It's not cool. I, I'm very disappointed. And they've leaked the n- next two episodes. So now I'm forced to watch them before next Monday. I'm just I'm just a little bit upset, man. I waited a long time. <laughs> I disagree they've butchered it. I think it's good. I think it's not, good. Uh, have you read the books, though? Uh, well, I'm reading them at the moment. But, but here's the thing. The books and the show are two different entities. You can't do in a show what you can do in a book. The exactly. the arg- no, but the argument is, you could have another five seasons and it ends up like Lost, where you just have throwaway episodes are just thrown away. What you're getting here is the abridged version of a story that is so vast and sprawling that you couldn't really do it justice in a TV show. I would rather there was a definitive endpoint rather than it keep going, gradually lose. Li- viewers and because it would it would if it kept going for another four or five years it gradually just eat or, or just secrete viewers that just disappear into the ether and then it'd get cancelled and then it would be rushed so my you, issue so you, my could, issue, no, but you could have four episodes of john traveling from dragonstone to no, no, no. king's Hear landing what or whatever and, but, but what does it achieve the ultimate my point issue, is if you heard me at the beginning i said the show is brilliant my issue is i haven't read it yet if they, if he had written the books, no, he hasn't finished it. If he had writ- written the books to finish a story, and then we got the the program, as has been the case, that's fine because I would have had the detail, I would have seen it, and then I could have just enjoyed the television program. That's cool. But the issue is, you're telling me now the story that I don't know beforehand. I'd read the books, and the, then I can watch it. The books, the book. I think the books will be completely different to this story. I don't. Can't I don't. Be. Has that, to be the same. No, they don't. They absolutely nah, don't. It's not cool. Anyway, it's my, that's my... It's always the case that like, people who are making TV and movies based from based from books, they know what people want to watch in comparison to what they want to read. It was the same with Lord of the Rings, that the, them deciding they were going to take the ring to Mordor in the books was like 400 pages, whereas in the film it was a conversation. No, but you've read the book first. The, 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 film, yeah, the film is not spoiling it. The here's, program here's the is thing. spoiling the book. Here's the other thing. The writers who are writing Game of Thrones... Um, that just fundamentally aren't in the same world that George R. R. Martin is. Exactly. But here's the other thing: the TV show can't be. Yeah, I know that. I just want the book first. Yeah, but that's. Yeah, I mean, tough. I want the book. First. Let's not make this. <laughs> well, yeah. Then, well, here you go. Then don't watch the next series yeah, that, and the next is, four episodes that, until that, the books come out. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. But I did wait two years, and the fat motherfucker didn't do shit. Right. Let's not make this a Game of Thrones uh, podcast. Who's up? Uh, yeah. Um, a few things. Well, I've got three, uh, two little points, and then the main point. Um, I, I was working at the... We're well, about to say because Adam's not here. I was, no, seriously, two quick points if you let me get them out. I was yeah. working at the World Athletics Championships all last week. Um, the women's high jump final. Uh, Randall Cunningham's daughter was competing in that final. So, and my camera was getting the coaching team. So I was stood from here to the end of my armory from Randall Cunningham. Um, his daughter went out of the competition quite early and I lost all my bottle and didn't say hello to Randall Cunningham. Rubbish, ah, mate. His daughter had just gone out of the World Championships fairly oh, early, yeah, not got a medal, and I was like... Yeah. Oh. He's massive. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, I really want to say hello to Randall Cunningham, but I, I can't. And she's really cute, his daughter. And um, when, she, when she went out, she came over to give her dad a hug, and the officials rushed her away because they're not allowed to speak to her. And I, I like, looked at her and caught her eye, and she just went, 
I'm making the mental sign if you know that crazy sign uh, for those on audio and and then laughed and we shared a little moment me and Randall Randall Cunningham's daughter which was quite nice. Oh, I see you could have got you you were probably in there. There was your into Randall. She's 19. I mean, you know, it's too skinny Fair. for me anyway. Um, of course she was. <laughs> uh, the other thing was the London Cobras, as I know them, or the London Warriors, as they're now known, um, are not going to be competing in the British American Football Premier League final this year for the first time since they got there. In fact, it's the first time since I last played American football that they haven't appeared in a Brit Bowl final. They lost to the Tamworth Phoenix, who have been the very nearly men of um, of the... the the British American football scene uh, in the semi-final last week. And the Tamworth Phoenix uh, were in the Northern Conference when my Cambridgeshire Cats and the Warriors were in the Southern Conference. And we'd always lose to the Cobras in the semis and then the Cobras would beat the Phoenix in the final. So I'm really pleased for, for the Tamworth Phoenix um, because the Cobras have had it all their own way for too long and they're a pretty nasty bunch, a lot of their Blitzed players. there, aren't they? Uh-huh. Blitz are there, though, aren't they? Yeah, Blitz are there, but I, I honestly think the Phoenix will win because the Cobras are better than the Blitz. But anyway, uh, this leads me on to my, my final point, which is the um, Saracens Rugby rugby Union Football Club are whinging that they've developed too many players from their youth system and because of the salary cap system within Premiership Rugby, they can't afford to keep them. And so the salary cap should be adjusted so that they can keep all of their world-class players that they've developed through their academy. Now, they have done a great thing for English rugby by by developing all of these players, but they are not immune to the salary cap, and they think that they are. They've, they, they were pretty much responsible for driving up wages and, and importing a lot of foreign talent when all the money first came into rugby. And... Um, Unfortunately for them, they've they've developed four or five players who are world world class. Now, in my opinion, this just means that they need to suck it up and get rid of some of their expensive imports that they've brought in, and and stop whinging about it and and find a way to create a, a competitive team while keeping these players who are all exceptional within their squad. Now, Craig, I know you're a big football fan, but. Maro Otoji is likely to become the first £1 million a year rugby player. Um, yeah, but he's dope, right? He's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's Absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. But when the salary cap is only £7 million a season, you can see the, the problems that this may lead to because they've got four or five players who could probably command that. So I just think if you're a good enough team, you should be able to manage that. And I don't think that whinging is the way to get it done. I'm, I'm just starting to worry that, that rugby's going the way of football in this. If this doesn't, if that rule doesn't suit us, we'll bitch and moan until we get our own way and it has to stop. That's professionalism, isn't it? That's the way it definitely is going to go that way. Anyway, I'm done. That was, that was my whinge. And I'm going to, we'll, we'll explore that further on the uh, More Over podcast, which returns next week. So mine, boys, to finish this off, is a cautionary tale. It's of, uh, of shit that comes out of your children's mouths and how they don't realise how inappropriate it is. 
um, and you trying to recover the situation as quickly as you possibly can. So we were watching on Sunday, we were watching Man United versus West Ham at home and my lad is five and he's only just starting to get the whole, like the tribal nature of supporting a team and obviously because he likes to be quite proud of the fact that his dad's a United fan so he's a United fan and he likes to sit there with it and cheer the goals and when he always says, oh, Man United are wearing the red again, aren't they, Daddy? And like, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, he, and he gets into it. And whoever, whoever we're playing, um, he boos them and he says, oh, we don't like those guys. So anyway, United are playing West Ham. And um, I think United are 2-0 up at the time and it's all going well. And a couple of friends come over to pick up some stuff that they'd left at our house the night before because um, we had a few had a few drinks for my birthday. And um, they like three or four mates are in our living room and that the game's going on, it's quite quiet. And um, and he's noticed during the game that United are wearing red and, and West Ham are wearing a different colour kit. And uh, and it's just there's just a lull in the conversation. He looks at me and uh, he turns to me and says, Daddy, we don't like the blacks, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, if it goes this way, I'm going to have to have a word, mate. <laughs> and I had to look at him. And I had to have a look at him and I was like, and I, even myself, I thought... The fuck are you talking about? And then it's because they were wearing a black kit, and that's how he <laughs> differentiates between the two teams. And I, and I looked to my mates, bearing in mind this was off the back of the Charlottesville stuff that happened the night before. Yeah, I'll turn off the music, and <laughs> lights go on. I'm looking at the fire rock. Yeah, the teammates are looking at me. You just yeah, go, explain yourself, son. What kind of stuff? Kind of teachings are going on in here and I was oh my god, no. And uh, yeah, so. Just, just when your kids say funny shit, you've got to, uh, you've got to try and dig yourself out of situations. Just a bit of casual racism and chipping <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> from a five-year-old. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> that Charlottesville shit's not cool, by the way. No, it's not. Donald Trump. Especially, hey. What an idiot that man is. <laughs> That's for next week. He is yeah. a fucking clown. What a penis. Honestly, Donald Trump. Like, no, can't fuck you. Anyway. I think that does us for tonight, gents. It was good to talk football. It was good to feel like football's not too far away. Um, to keep up with the, uh, the draft and all things NFL, Long Snap Pod on Twitter, at Long Snap Pod. Um, we have got a Facebook group. It might get better during the season. It won't. Uh, might. It won't. Uh, it might. <laughs> We've got a website as well that Mark's developing at the moment. Yeah, he said that at the beginning of last season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said the exact line last time Dougie called him out as well. I reckon this, this website, by the time it's finished, is going to be out of teleports to the fucking moon. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to have some kind of virtual reality feed to live games. It'll be amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Doug, what's your Twitter? Uh, at Chinese underscore Lensman. It's not racist. It is racist. Mark, what's your Twitter? This is Sparky, yes. And I'm Edmunds162. Listen, it's been a pleasure. Listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, next time, boys. In a bit. Cheers.